Hello and good evening, everyone. It is your good friend, Mr. Eric Norton. I'm here tonight with my good friend, Sean. I collect tickets on uh, Instagram and Twitter. How are you doing, Sean? I'm very good. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for having, uh, thank you for being available. Uh, I feel, I went live last night and my guest was not able to show up. So I, I rambled for 20 minutes, which is fine. But uh, here we are. We, we have a guest. You're, you're actually my first guest, my true, first true guest back. Uh, from the national, we 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 were live last week with a guest, but that was just Mr. Ted Barker from our sales department. So, uh, Sean, you you and I connected on Twitter, I guess, just last week, and I saw that you collected tickets, and I'm very very interested in that because it's it's a it's a side of the hobby that I don't know a whole lot about. So I'm going to pick your brain tonight, if that's okay with you. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Uh, we're going to start right here where we always start. Uh, actually, you know what? Let me back up just a minute before. Anybody gets crazy in the comment section. Uh, I, I've i seen, just like the rest of you, what happened today in the hobby. I am not going to comment about it tonight. Don't ask me. I don't, it's not my place to comment. So please do not ask me. Sean, I see you smiling. So I'm assuming that you know what I'm talking about. Uh, of course. But uh, if I just please be respectful of the show. We're, we're going to talk about Sean and his collection tonight. I'm not going to talk about the other stuff. It's not my place to comment. Please respect that. I'm going to respect you guys, and we're going to have a good time. Uh, all right, Sean. Uh, we always start with hobby history. And uh, I, I asked before we went on air, hey, did you collect cards or has it always just been tickets? But you said, of course, you've collected cards. So tell me a little bit about your hobby history. What brought you into the hobby? You know, I go back to the late 80s, early 90s, the same time that everybody kind of in the age range that we are started, and it was so popular back then. And uh, collecting all the junk wax era cards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a, it's kind of the same story that everybody has now. You know, you, you go to college, you get out of it, you're not really interested, and then um, you, you you start a career and, and start to make a little bit of money, and and all of a sudden you, you have the resources to get back into it, and so you start to look back at what you were interested in back uh, when you were a kid and, and, uh, and, and you know, go from there. And it, it turns out everybody else is doing this too. <laughs> You know. you know, there was a lot of that last year during when, when the pandemic was at its height and uh, people, the, 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 the same thing you just described, guys our age were sitting at home with, you know, some discretionary income now and went, oh, I remember 1987 tops. Let me buy all of this. And, yeah. you know, that's exactly how a lot of people got back into the hobby. So you, you do that, which is awesome that, that you've been collecting on and off uh, for a while. But you also have a really—you had a really cool gig back in 2001. You were a bat boy for the Seattle Mariners. Tell me about how that uh, came to be. You know, I, I had a friend who did it in 2000, and he didn't—he didn't want to do it anymore, and so he um, needed a, or he knew that how jealous I was <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that he had that job. So he recommended me to replace him, and uh, and I started in 2001, and and. Uh, you know, that was the the most incredible experience that, that you know, a, a collector or, a, you know, a sports fan could have um, back then. You know, huge year for the for the Mariners. Absolutely. For those who don't remember at home or maybe for those of you who are just too young who might be tuning in tonight, uh, the 2001 Mariners were incredible. They won 116 games. Ichiro was a rookie. Uh, that, that team felt like they could not lose. But, of course – they did not make it to the World Series. They they fell to the Yankees. Am I is that, am I am I remember that correctly? Right. So it, man, what a what a great time to be uh, 
a part of that team as a bat boy. And you got to bat boy during the all-star game. What, what was that experience like? Yeah. So there was, there were four bat boys and we divided up the innings. We each got to do two innings. Mm. And um, my favorite story, and I, I have a story here, uh, yes. was when Cal Ripken got up to bat in his final all-star game. And I think Chan Ho Park was pitching threw him, you know, fastball down the middle home run. And so as, as um, uh, Ripken is rounding the bases with his home run, I'm, I'm, I'm the one who got to be on the stool. I'm the one who is standing there ready for the high five. It's going to be in all the pictures and all the video and everything like that, you know, so I'm, so I'm ready for this. This is my moment. <laughs> right. So Ripken's, you know, rounding third and I hear behind me, um, somebody said, hey, hey, Sean, can you go grab my helmet? And I, oh. I, I turn around and it's Alex Rodriguez. Oh, no. If you know, you know, Alex Rodriguez was a huge Ripken fan and everything. And, and, you know, in that moment, I knew that he just wanted my position. He just wanted to be the one standing in the pictures and, and giving the high fives and stuff. So that, <laughs> that was the, the most memorable, you, you know, there, uh, it was it was an incredible experience. But that was that, that's kind of my favorite story from from that from that game. What, are, what are, as a Mariners fan, I'm going to go ahead and just anguish for you. What a crappy <laughs> thing to happen for somebody who, who left the Mariners. What the next season, right? He's in Texas the next season. The, the prior season. Yeah. Oh, he, yes. Yeah. That was Man. The first. <laughs> what a crappy thing to happen. That's a cool story though, that, that you got to experience that. Uh, any, any Ichiro rookie stories? Yeah, I have lots of Ichiro rookie stories, and 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 you know I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even know where to start. One of my one of my favorites is um, is when we, the at the beginning of the season, all the the clubhouse staff unloads everything off of the trucks from spring training when they bring bring um, everything up, and so I was brand new, first day on the job basically, and we're unloading all these these you know bags and everything, and. And they're just bat bags full of bats, you know, dirty bat bags. And and then there's one, um, it's like a beautiful chest that's the shape of a bat. And on the end of it, it said 51. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and one of the guys in the clubhouse, they, they pulled it out and they were like, what in the heck is this? <laughs> Open it up and it's, and it's one Ichiro bat <laughs> in like felt and everything. And, and, and that was kind of before anybody knew him, before anybody ever, you know, kind of interacted with him or anything. It was it was just you, you knew that this was going to be different as far as, you know, how, how players are, are just the, the aura that a player has um, just from that story. Absolutely. I, I could see where that would, would take place. Could you also speak just just briefly? I've told people this and they, they don't seem to believe me when I tell them this, that each row probably still does, but had big pop. He had big power, and he would always yeah. display that during batting practice. Yeah, but I, when the, at game time, it was always, you know, a, you know, a bloop single or whatever. But batting practice, know, he put on a show. Right. Some of the longest home runs I ever saw were each row in batting practice. I mean, if you, if you know uh, the Mariners Stadium, you know, it has the Hit It Here Cafe. Mm-hmm. And he would bounce the ball off the hit it here cafe on a regular basis. And those are, those are really long home runs in batting practice. Um, yeah. yeah. He had incredible power. I tell people that and they look at me like I'm, I'm like, I'm telling them a, a story. I'm like, no bro or, yeah. or ma'am, whoever 
Ichiro has pop, and you just don't see it because he's a, he's just not that kind of hitter. But like he's absolutely a, a power hitter when he wants to be. All right, man. Let's 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 uh, transition over here to the topic that uh, brings you to the show tonight, which is collecting tickets. I again, I'm very interested in this because I don't know that side of the hobby, but it seems uh, it seems to be kind of fun and uh, and intriguing to me because of all the different ways that you could possibly collect tickets. So I got to ask Sean, how did you start collecting tickets? What what brought that to uh, to your to the forefront of your mind to start doing? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned that back in the 80s and or, you know 90s, I was a, a big into card collecting, and um, and I was always on my dad about having not saved his cards. You know, just kind of like everybody did because he didn't save his cards, and he always told me that he did save a, a ticket stub to a game that he went to, and it was the 1969 opening night uh, Seattle Pilots game, and the Pilots, of course, moved to Milwaukee, and it was it was really interesting to me. So I kind of convinced him to, to find it and all of this stuff and give it to me. And he did. And it was the most important thing that I owned. I, I just loved it. Um, and I actually have it right here. It's, um, wow. you know, I, I still have it and it's my favorite ticket, you know, just because of that story, but that's what got me interested. It was something that None of my friends had anything like that. You know, you couldn't find that at the baseball card shop or at any show. It was it, even as a like a twelve year old, I I really understood the the scarcity of it, um, and so it was it, it became something that I I just collected all of my tickets whenever I went to games and stuff. Um, later on in the late nineties, I think when eBay became a big thing, um, that kind of opened up the world of ticket collecting because then you could access a lot more inventory than you could have before when it was kind of limited to games that you went to. Mm-hmm. So I, so I, I know the, the very first purchase I ever made on eBay was a ticket and it, it was the, it was the 1998 uh, Baltimore Orioles September 19th, which was the last game of the Ripken streak. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was the first purchase I ever made on, on, on eBay probably in 1998 or nine wow. or yeah, 99, I think. <clears throat> So uh, the ticket you just held up—that's uh, a—that's a pretty important piece of Seattle history. People might not, people who don't aren't from the Northwest or are, aren't familiar with the uh, with the Pilots might not know much about Six Stadium or uh, you know the move to Milwaukee or anything. Thank you, Bud Selig. But uh, just how important, like the Seattle Pilots—they weren't a, a great team, but they weren't a horrible team either. Lou Pinella started there, which you know Lou would go on to have Mariners history as well. But like, just holding, looking at that ticket and seeing, you know, maybe that you know that was your dad's ticket, and now it's yours. But there's all kinds of history that that tickets, well, take that ticket tells. When you look at it, what do you think about? Because you I mean obviously you weren't around for the pilots, but I mean you can you you start your your uh, your 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 jaunt down memory lane with with this ticket. So what do you see when you see that ticket? Yeah, I, I, it. it it's just like a lot of tickets and, and, and part of one of the cool things about collecting tickets is it, it kind of takes you back to that, that day even, or, you know, what the stadium was like, maybe how many fans there were, you know, exactly where the seat was in the stadium and what kind of view you would have had. I mean, there, there's so many, you know, kind of stories that go along with, with every ticket. And, um, you know, it, it's fun to imagine what, what, uh, you know, the, the stories behind various tickets and, you know, there's, there's so many, so many 
Absolutely. You uh, now I asked you off air, but and, and I know that you, you you alluded to that a lot of what you have is sports tickets, which is fine. But I just want to bring up the point here that um, again, this is a Northwest thing. But growing up, uh, I think we're about the same age. I'm 40. I, I'm going to guess you're around that same age. Growing yeah. up in uh, Seattle, in the the height of the grunge era uh, with you know Nirvana and and Stone Temple Pilots and all that, I, I would just man, my wife has her tickets from the last American Nirvana show that, that, that ever took place. And I was like, that's crazy to yeah. think that she has that. And if she still has it. It's cool. It's a cool piece to look at. Um, but I, so I'm, what I'm leading this to is growing up a Seattle fan. I'm assuming do you have like Sonics tickets and you know, like a team or any tickets from the kingdom in your collection as well? Oh yeah. I have, you know, I, I saved all my tickets and, and, uh, you know, so um, a lot of Pacific Northwest stuff, a lot of Griffey stuff, a lot of um, Seahawks, you know, I, I've always been a big Seahawks fan and, you know, it, I mean, here's one right here um, that I was actually at that is, is really kind of um, familiar to uh, any, any sports fan. It was the, um, the beast quake run. Oh, and, uh, yeah, yeah the, it was a game I was at, and, and it was one of my favorite memories um, of a live event, you know, the, the, the crowd's reaction to that Marshawn Lynch run in, uh, I think it was, what, 2006 or 2010, yeah. Yeah, 2000, the, the yeah, Seahawks were 7-9 and nine that season, right? They didn't yeah. even really belong in the playoffs. And, and here's Marshawn just carrying people to the end zone. It was so awesome. That's so yeah. awesome that you have that. So when, when you're seeking out tickets – are you seeking out like your memories or are you, are you finding tickets that uh, have, you know, significance in the, in the sports world? It's both. Okay. It's both. And, and a lot of times they're, they're the same, right? Like significance in the sports world are also your memories. And then it's historic events that are, you know, iconic. Right. Um, so I, so I collect uh, certainly moments that I remember. I have a lot of, I have a collection of uh, King Murphy Jr.'s greatest catches, his defensive plays, which, you know, it's, that's kind of a, a personal thing that I just, I just really like. They're not particularly valuable, um, but it's kind of a cool thing to collect. So that, that can you that's play? interesting to me because like you just said, you have a collection of his his greatest catches, and that tells me that you can kind of collect tickets in any shape or form that you really care about. I don't I mean I don't know that there are other collectors out there hunting down uh, ticket stubs from from great Kim Giffrey Jr. catches or home runs or whatever. But that's that's interesting that there might be someone else out there who has the same thought process as you. Yeah. I mean, when you're doing that, uh, are those expensive like to track down or? Or are they kind of just, you know, affordable? Yeah, they're they're pretty affordable, and usually it's it's tickets that people will sell on eBay or wherever else that are that they maybe don't even realize are significant of any you know in any sort. So maybe five dollars, ten dollars, you know, that's that's all that they those those types go for. Um, you know, obviously they go way up from there, but as far as games that maybe had significance to me, but maybe not so much to other people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's easy to find those and, and they, and they go for, uh, you know, not, not a whole lot. It's so do it's you have, a, okay. 
do you have an alert set up on you know an eBay watch list or anything set up that that are bringing their tickets? <laughs> so what are some uh, without if you don't mind sharing, what are some of those tickets that uh, that you uh, look for on eBay? You know, I, I'm big into debuts, just like everybody is, um, Hall of Fame debuts. Um, so those that's that's one of the biggest things that I look for um, in recent years or in recent months. It's it's become, you know, just almost impossible to get them um, because everybody's looking for them. Mm-hmm. So that that's one of the big things that I search for. But I also search for specific games that or specific seasons of tickets that I'm looking for. And then when that pops up, I, I look through whatever um, it comes up. But some of the years, um, I'm I'm currently trying to complete the Ken Griffey Jr.'s um, eight-game home run hitting streak, mm. if you remember that, in 1993. Yeah. And I have games two through eight, but I don't have game one. Um, and that happened in New York on July 20th of 1993. And so, you know, I have a search for that, for that yeah. ticket. And whether, you know, it, it, sometimes it would come up in a lot of Yankees tickets that somebody might be selling and not realize that that game has significance. But that's the only one I can't find. And I've been looking for it for a while. But that's that's one example of what I'd be looking for. Now, outside of, uh, you know, Pacific Northwest collecting and, and the, those teams up there, uh, what, what other type of tickets uh, are like, are, like what it say master's tickets? Do you have any master's tickets or, or are those available, uh, readily available? You, you, um, I don't have any masters. I, I not really, not really big on golf. I, I mean, yeah. I have, um, a couple of Tiger Woods. Uh, I have Tiger Woods. This one is Tiger Woods's first, um, PGA event. And when he was 16 years old, um, so that's the only, that's the only golf one. What the, the, the main one outside of, you know, Seattle related stuff that I look for is, is hall of fame debuts. And I have, you know, a, a number of those, um, here's here's Hank Aaron. Oh wow! His, his debut, uh, Roy Campanella. Wow! And his his debut. You know, here's Don Drysdale, yeah. Carly Yastrzemski, and you know, the, I, I have a whole stack of of, of gr- all time greats, um, and, and and their debut, their first their first game ever. That's and, amazing. Yeah. So the, that that Yastrzemski that you just showed. I noticed that it was it was it was torn. Uh, you're not on. Uh, was that is that add value? Does that take away from the value? Or you know, it depends. It, it doesn't bother me because that's just kind of the nature of, of tickets. But but some people don't like that, and and so they would they would shy away from that. A ticket like that is, is quite rare, so it's you know you get what what you you can. You don't really uh, fuss over the <laughs> over the condition of it too much, and that's that's sort of one of the differences between tickets and cards that. The condition isn't really nearly as important as it is in cards, unless you're talking about modern tickets where they were all kind of not even used because they had the PDF to take to the stadium. Yeah, those need to be in good condition. That's different. But the vintage stuff, it doesn't really matter. It's all about eye appeal. If it looks nice, it's it's better, right? You know, something you just mentioned here with modern tickets, and we were talking off air about how, you know, tickets are, have kind of gone away for the most part um, as, you know, it's all digital now. But you, you brought up the good point that, uh, you know, like T- T206s and T2Ns are not being printed anymore. But like, like you just said, eye appeal. If it has good eye appeal, it's collectible and people chase after that. So with that being said, I want to know about autographs. Do autographs add value to the ticket? Is that something that you that you chase or that you, you seek out at all? 
Yeah, it's not, it, you know, it's not something I'm interested in personally. I, I, I have autographs. I, I like autographs, but I like them on something like a ball or a bat that, that is kind of for the autograph. For the ticket, I like to have it just there, you know, so you can see the ticket. And a lot of times mm -hmm. the autograph will distract from it. Um, but it does add significant value, especially recently. Like some, I, I, I would I would assert that the autographed ticket market is overheated. It's just insane the 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 amount of money that people are paying for a ticket with an autograph. One example is uh, is Derek Jeter's debut um, at, at the at the Golden Auction. I think last week or something ended at twenty six thousand dollars, and just because Derek Jeter signed this ticket. And Derek Jeter is very accessible signer, you know, I mean, it's expensive, but it's, you can get him to sign it. And just because he signed this ticket, it's $26,000. You know, that just blows my mind. It's not, it's not an incredibly rare ticket. You know, Jeter was actually made his debut in Seattle um, in 1995. And there's quite a few of those tickets out there, but $26,000 just because he signed it. That's not, and it's, it, you know, it, it, it just, it's not a space that I'm interested in getting into because I'm more interested in the ticket and I don't want to pay a premium for it just because it, somebody signed it, you know? So you bring, you bring up a, a great player like Jeter. It makes me wonder, wonder about like uh, Jordan or any of those bulls on the, on, in the, uh, you know, the, the, the three peats are, are those, are there added value there is because, you know, Jordan was leading those teams to championships, three peats. Yeah. And, Absolutely. And Jordan is a tough autograph to get. So, right. you know, if, if you have a signed Jordan ticket, I think one sold, I think it was one of his, uh, one of his college finals uh, games sold for $90,000 just because he signed it. And, mm -hmm. and without the signature, that thing goes for maybe three or 4,000. So, you know, that gives you an idea of, of how much, uh, how much a signed ticket, even, even a modern player who's, who's accessible, it, mm -hmm. uh, it just escalates the value of it. And, and that for a collector like me, that becomes a little bit of a problem because then, you know, you have the other side of it, people trying to buy them so that they can go get them signed and, and resell them. And, uh, and they're willing to pay more for it because that is their intention than I'm willing to pay for it because, you know, I, I just want it by itself. Sure. That makes, that makes sense. I want to ask you, and you might not, you might not be uh, as knowledgeable about it, but I want to ask because I'm a big boxing fan and, you know, I, there's a rich boxing history uh, throughout the, you know, throughout the real pre-war in through the seventies and into the eighties, you know, boxing is, is really a popular and dominant sport into the nineties. It starts to die off as, you know, uh, as Tyson goes to prison and, and all kinds of stuff like that, but boxing tickets in general, like obviously the bigger the fight, the more, the more uh, sought after the, the, the card, the ticket's going to be, but what can you speak to, to, can you speak to me at all about value of boxing tickets? Say, say an Ollie or a, a you know, mm -hmm. a Frazier or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Huge market. A lot of boxing ticket collectors out there, especially for those big names. Um, it's not something that I, that I do a lot, but I, you know, I follow the market. So I, so I'm aware of it. You know, you see, you see those tickets go um, at auction all the time. Um, what's interesting though, is that for whatever reason, boxing tickets have always been really fancy and they, you know, they're, they're large and they, they're, they have nice, um, you know, graphics on them and everything. And so they tend to stay in circulation. If that makes sense, the um, people who go to those events save those tickets because it was a big event and they want 
you know, they, they want to show that they were there or, you know, have some souvenir from the event. So they tend to get saved, which you, you know, of course there, it's a huge event. So, so people want it, but at the same time, there's a larger population of them out there. So, so the values aren't, aren't uh, quite as much, you know, okay. if, if that makes sense. Yes, sir. I, it, it does make sense. So I, what about, uh, what about events from overseas, like say soccer matches or, or, or anything like that? Is there a, is there a market yeah. for those? Yeah, that's, that's what's really surprised me. I didn't know about this at all, but as I get into social media and, you know, start to connect with other people who are, who are like, like-minded, um, I've, I've realized that there's a huge mar- soccer market for mm-hmm. tickets in Europe and throughout the world. And I, I had no idea. It's, it's amazing. And, and it's exciting too, because it, it shows that, you know, that it's not just a, a, a niche thing. It's, it's kind of a worldwide thing. It's not something that I'm real knowledgeable about as far as soccer tickets, but I, but I know it's, you know, I see, I see them in the, in the um, various uh, social media connection places that, uh, and they talk right. about, you know, these, these uh, soccer matches and, and debuts are, are the same, very, very popular among them too. See, I find that interesting because, you know, uh, late, I think it was earlier this year, actually, we had um, three strike cards on from, uh, from UK and they were talking to us about how card collecting exactly hasn't caught on there yet uh, with modern cards. It, it's, it's popular, but not everybody <laughs> seeks it out. But I, I, I asked specifically about the tickets because, you know, there's a, obviously a very rich history of, uh, of, of football there and, uh, seeking out tickets from from some like getting a George I don't know if you know who George Best is or not but you know grabbing a George Best or uh, or something like a match that George George played in that that would be intriguing to me to see how that that market uh, goes up and down I gotta ask you now that now that we're talking about players like this and you mentioned Jeter and we, we brought up Jordan I could only assume that tickets from any Kobe Bryant game right now or over the last year and a half have just been crazy crazy. Uh, expensive. Am I on the right track there? Yeah, definitely. Um, Kobe Bryant's debut, and this and this brings up a little bit of a a debate among ticket collectors as to what is more important: is it the debut, or is it their great games? Right. right. And um, somebody like like Darren Ravel would say that you know debuts aren't important because they were you know an uneventful game that nobody remembers. Um, on the other hand, the debut is the first game that they played, which, right. you know, first and first are always um, the highly collected in any in any collectible space. Right. So um, Kobe Bryant is a great example of that. His debut didn't even score a point, right. came in garbage time, you know, but got in the game. Um, his 81 point game, you know, the greatest game he played in and, and, and all of that. Uh, 81 point game maybe goes for a thousand right around there. The uh, debut goes 20, 25,000. So the, the market has determined that the debut is, is the, is the premier car uh, ticket. But, um, but some people just, just absolutely disagree with that. They think that the, the big game that everybody remembers is, is far more important. That's kind of crazy to me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I don't. I I guess with Kobe, it, it's it's he was such a man. He he just transcended sport, and it, it didn't really 
especially in his death. And I hate to say that. I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I'm, I'm, we're trying to pro people are trying to profit off his death. But I think people almost took him for granted. They're like, oh, he was a great player. And then he passed in the tragic manner that he did. And all of a sudden, uh, people are realizing what a great player he was, you know? I mean, and, but his, his, his career speaks for itself. That his tragic passing didn't need to tell you that he was a great player, but knowing that the 81 point game against Toronto is, is going for a thousand. And, but then the market bears out the, his debut where he doesn't score a point is, is, you know, much more than that. That's kind of, that's kind of interesting to me. I think it, you always have to go back to the debut, even if it's not, even if they don't score a point, it's still going to be there. What about last tickets? So games, uh, game tickets from their last game. Are those holding value at all? Yeah. Some, some, some collectors in like those, um, especially if it was, if it had any significance, because a lot of times it did. Um, I have some last tickets that are, you know, that are important, but here's one. This is, um, last game of Jackie Robinson's career. Wow. Cool. It, it, it's also his last hit and his last home run. Um, actually, he played in the playoffs. So this is the last regular season game. Hmm. So, um, you know, it, but, but it doesn't go nearly as, nearly as well as, um, as the debut does, sure. which is, is one of the most iconic tickets in, in the hobby. Yeah. And, yeah. And so debut versus the last, they're both important if it was imp if it was you know a, a significant player, but um, you know the the debut is 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 far superior. Okay, I got you. And, but but Kobe Bryant, I think, is a good example of of a last that was that was you know significant. Yeah, because he's he game, yeah. You know, and and then the ticket of his last game is is an image of him walking off. Right. Right. And so, you know, there's there's a lot of value in that just just as a as a collectible for for a lot of Kobe Bryant fans, NBA fans. So, it it's kind of a different scenario, actually. Well, I understand that. Hey, we're yeah. we're up against it here. We got the last five minutes. That means we're going to get to the final five. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell everybody uh, go check Sean out at I Collect Tickets One on uh, on Twitter. Is it the same one on Instagram as well? Yeah, I collect tickets. Okay, yeah. I collect tickets. Seek him out there. Follow him. He's got a great collection. You learn a lot about collecting tickets from him. And uh, I'll I'll be hopefully bringing Sean back because there's a lot more that we need to talk about because uh, that we didn't get to. I know that you got some tickets around you that maybe you didn't get to show. Show me one or two before we jump into the final five that has some significance to you. Well, this okay. You know, it's it's hard to. Here's here's Mickey Mantle's debut. Wow. But like I just showed the um, oh. Uh, Lou Alcindor's debut. This is the, um, you know, first game. There's only three of these that are known to exist. Really? It's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's first game. There was only 7,000 people who went to that game. Wow. And so, uh, but this is this is the best. I just showed it. Um, you know, the, the holy grail, I guess, of tickets. It's the Jackie Robinson debut. You know, a game that is is iconic and, and, and only gets more important as, as time goes on. And, and of course, major league baseball celebrates it mm -hmm. um, every, every year that, that, that date with everybody wearing number 42. I, I just thought of a question um, before we get to the final five. Uh, do, do season tickets hold more value over, you know, single game tickets or, or is there any kind yeah. of, what, yeah. what happens there? There's sort of a hierarchy. Let me find, uh, you know, here's here's a season ticket version. This okay. is what you know the fan the fan would get. Here's the the um, 
box office version. Mm-hmm. And that's what you would walk up, you know, and, and buy at the box office, of course. Those are less desired than the season ticket version. Oftentimes a season ticket version has, you know, some kind of um, photo of a player or something like that. So it's it's just a nicer looking ticket. And then the lowest level of desirability is like a, a Ticketmaster style or Ticketron, you know, the, the third party vendor. Um, but there's one there's one that has significant, you know, some some debate. Let me. Um, it's the uh, I'm not sure where mine is, but the um, LeBron James debut. Some people prefer the box office version of the LeBron James debut because it doesn't have the photo and the photo is of a little baby <laughs> because it was a season ticket, you know, holder who won some contest and they, they got to put whatever photo and they put the photo of their child on the ticket. So it has, uh, yeah, it, it has, oh, here it is. So this is the, the image and it, you know, just a little baby on it, <laughs> but wow. it's LeBron James debut. So you know, people, some, some people who are collecting tickets don't, don't like that version of it because of that. To me, I think it's cool because it's a reminder that tickets were originally produced for a purpose other than to be collected. Sure. And, you know, they, they, weren't, they weren't meant to be in people's collections or whatever, which kind of makes them more interesting to me, um, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, that, and, and gives them character. And, and so, yeah. That's, but that's an example of, of where uh, some collectors wouldn't want the season ticket version. I got you. And, you know, that's kind of weird. I wonder how that kid feels. I'm, obviously, <laughs> yeah. now he, he has to know that he's on that ticket. I wonder how he feels about it. That's yeah, like, I know. I, <laughs> I, I, I talked to Darren Ravel about it. He I told him that he should try to track down that kid and, and, and see what, you know, interview him and see what, what uh, see if he's aware of it at, at, in the first place, but, you know, see what his take is on it. Absolutely. He's probably about 20, you know. He's yeah. probably old now. That's that's crazy. That's crazy. Let me get to these questions in the uh, comment section, and we'll get on with our final five. Travis, uh, think a Lamelo fast break sixty three or seventy five would be worth grading. Travis, uh, that's completely up to you. I'm not a grader. I don't want to. I don't play one here on Beckett Live. I don't want to make sure. Uh, I don't want. I want to make sure that uh, people understand that. If you want to get that graded, uh, reach out to uh, grading at Beckett.com. Maybe they can uh, help you out with assessing that. Chris, I wouldn't be putting your phone number out there for the world to see. I'm going to go ahead and delete that comment for you so people aren't looking at that. Uh, Chris, if you want to uh, get BAS to look at your helmets, I would uh, use authentication at Beckett.com, and somebody can address you there uh, on the BAS, BAS side of things. Uh, all right, let's get to the final five. I said, uh, Sean, I told you before we went on air, these are five random questions. They don't have anything to do with collecting tickets or the hobby. Uh, just a little chance to show your personality. So if you are game, I will start with the final five. You ready? Shoot. All right. Uh, would you rather be forced to sing along or dance to every single song you hear? Duh. That's a tough one. Is <laughs> neither, neither option? No, you got to pick uh, one. <laughs> dance along. Dance along. You, you think so? You, you, you're not a good singer? I just don't. I don't know the words to any songs. I, I'm at so all? bad at that. I'm so bad at that, yeah. Okay. Uh, would you rather be royalty a thousand years ago or an average person today? Probably royalty a thousand years ago. That couldn't be such a bad thing, right? It, it, I don't think it would be a, such a bad thing, but I think it would also depend upon uh, 
where you were, what country you were royalty yeah. in. Yeah, you definitely want to have a, a good power, uh, amount of power over society. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. All right, would you rather uh, watch nothing but Hallmark Christmas movies or nothing but horror movies all year long? So, horror movies for sure. Yeah, you're not done. I don't like either. Would you rather spend a week in the forest or a night in a real haunted house? Oh, probably a week in the forest. Well, you live up there in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, man. I don't think a week in the forest would be that bad. It's nice. Yeah, that's cool. vacation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Final question of the final five. Uh, would you rather sip gin with Ryan Reynolds or shoot tequila with Dwayne The Rock Johnson? No, oh, that's easy. Tequila with The Rock. <laughs> I I don't know how that means. Like he he's such a large human. I don't think the uh, shooting uh, tequila with him would be fair for anybody. I don't know that he could. You know, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it might true. not be uh, a good thing for the the common man after that. Sure. All right, guys, uh, go check him out at I Collect Tickets uh, on on Instagram and uh, I Collect Tickets uh, one on Twitter. You'll find him there. Uh, check out his collection. He has a lot to say about collecting the tickets. Uh, Sean, I hope you enjoyed yourself tonight. I sh- I uh, I sure did. Yeah, I did. Thank you for having me on. I, I, I'm always looking for ticket content, and and I appreciate you you uh, having me on. Uh, you're welcome back uh, anytime to do this. If you, there's more to talk about, I'm happy to have you, man. Let's do it. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. Uh, Sean, hang out backstage for me. Uh, everybody else, that's going to be it. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with another Beckett Microsense. Until then, good night. God bless.